Hey there, it's Jeff, the host of the Mind Access Connection. It's a series of empowering conversations with purpose-driven, impactful experts from across the world. Join us as we discuss the realm of personal growth to provide you positive and actionable insights into self-improvement. So, Jordan, how are you, mate? I'm doing great. It's been a, a good weekend. My little brother just graduated high school, so uh, lots of time with family and um, catching up. The weather, bit, weather's been crazy here in Denver, uh, so it's kind of dealing with that, but overall, doing well. What about you? Good to hear. Yeah, good as well. It's been a nice weekend, just catching up on many different things, but it's been good. Sure. I'm excited to get into today's topic. We're going to be discussing something very interesting, which is going to be neurohacking and authenticity. And I wanted to ask you, so you're the expert of axiogenics, is that correct? Yeah, it's uh, uh, something I'm certified in, yeah. Mm. What, what is axiogenics? I actually know nothing about it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I'm one of, I think at this point, 35 coaches with, with this certification. And what we're able to do with axiogenics is um, objectively measure people's subjective thinking. So based on, you know, the, the assessment that we give them, uh, we can kind of measure the likelihood of you making a good decision and obviously the other way around. Uh, so it's, it's definitely fascinating and interesting and you know, people find a lot of value in knowing whether they're going to make a good decision or not. Is there a matrix that you use for this particular decision making, like the Satira matrix, or how, how would you gauge a, a good decision? Would it be based on outcomes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in our, in our self-leadership program, we have a definition of good. So something is good to the degree that it has all attributes required to fulfill its purpose. Mm -hmm. So it depends, right? Like it's, it's unique to that person's purpose and what they're after. And um, having that kind of end in mind is so key. Because then you can figure out, okay, what attributes are needed for me to, um, to complete, you know, to fulfill this purpose. And uh, then we help them use their best thinking to get there quicker with less joy or less stress and more joy and um, creating value along, along the way. From what I understand, it's like having a toolkit that gives you the attributes you need to be able to go and last the long journey towards whatever purpose you'd like to fulfill. Yeah, I think that's summarized really well. And the toolkit is you, right? And like your best thinking. And that's where it becomes really empowering is, you know, people are, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about a lot today, you know, kind of depending on their mindset, limited in what they can achieve. And, uh, you know, based on maybe something that's happened in their past or basically a thinking bias, right? Like a habit that has uh, been created uh, over over years and years of kind of thinking the same way. And, uh, you know, what I do as a self-leadership coach is help people kind of create some new thinking habits that are wired in creating value. I love that. And I think we have a similar approach. It's all, it all comes down to your foundations. And it's about how you build that up that allows you to last the long term towards whatever you'd like to achieve. So... Purpose is a really interesting one because like having a clear vision of where you want to go is so important. Mm -hmm. And the analogy I use a lot is imagine if you were trying to drive somewhere you've never been to before, but you had no GPS, you had no way of understanding how you're going to get there. So you have to be able to understand where it is you're going, why you're traveling and then the route. And then there are all other attributes you need. You're going to need fuel. You're going to need maybe food, coffee, all these different things. It's just an analogy for what you will need to get there in the end to last the long journey. Right. Yeah, it sounds very similar. Right. Yeah, like what are you gonna need to pick up along the way? Is a car in good shape? <laughs> Does it have brakes, right? Like is your oil checked? You know, all the things and the bigger the purpose, you know, the more attributes you're gonna you're gonna need. Um, so it's a I love that, yeah, there's some similarities there for sure. And that's, that's coaching. We are the GPS. That's why we do what we do. Yeah. We help people achieve their end result in a quicker way. We help them accelerate. 
And if you do it yourself, you might go here, there, everywhere. It'll take you a long time, but coaching is an acceleration. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you. I wanted to actually ask you about um, exogenics and how it's linked to the field of neuroscience. So you mentioned how um, it helps you calculate subjective decisions and how they, they travel the course of time, meaning you have to map out consequences along the way. So assuming that something is a good decision based upon where you are at this point of reference in time, in maybe five years, will that good decision maintain and how could you track the fact that that decision will evolve based on the outcome? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, kind of what you were saying as far as you know, desired outcome, um, that's so key. And as I work with clients, um, you know, a lot of them then kind of widen their respect, their perspective on you have more than one purpose in life, right? Like I have a purpose of being a husband. I have a purpose of being a brother. I have a purpose of being a son and like a good coach. And so <clears throat> it's, uh, it's kind of this thing that's constantly evolving. And as far as, you know, the principles of axiogenics and self-leadership, you know, that toolkit that you mentioned earlier is something that's kind of a master tool for life. You know, once they can ask themselves good questions and um, just find more clarity in what they want and why, that's, uh, that's a game changer for them as far as how they navigate, you know, their, their life, love, and uh, even leadership qualities. Uh, so it's really just rewarding to see people embrace it and see that see what they're capable of. <clears throat> Hope what that answers the question. No, that's a great answer. And it, it leads up into what I'm thinking about now is what questions might you say to a client to ask themselves to get really clear on this based on the axiogenics process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we have one main question that we call the central question of life, love, and leadership. And that question is, what choice can I make and action can I take in this moment to create the greatest net value? And value as in goodness, value as in elevated quality of life. And I mean, notice in the, in the middle of that sentence is in this moment. So it's, it's bringing yourself really into the present moment. You know, what's going to create value? So I'm sure a lot of people can relate to you know, kind of just saying something or, or doing something without really thinking about it and that not really having a great result. And so, yeah, the whole idea is to ask yourself that central question or be equipped to answer it well, at least better, to uh, then actually result in creating value, even if the situation that you're in is a tough one, you know, an argument, you know, sometimes I'll admit, like I've done it myself. Like I've said stuff in an argument that I know is just going to make it worse, right? And I've been on the receiving end of that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just being more present and it's being more purposeful. And uh, that central question of life, love, and leadership is a, is a huge one that I help people answer well. I think that's awesome. And I love how you bring it towards the present. Especially in our society today, everyone is very past-focused, past recollecting the past events, mm -hmm. or very future-based, always living in different states. It's the, the perennial problem for mankind is that the present holds the least attraction because we have to live it. But our mind actually can't tell the difference between a thought and reality. Like, you know, if you're thinking of the beach, if you think of it long enough, you start to daydream and you could actually be there. Your mind right. can't tell the difference. And bringing yourself back to the present and actually being aware of what's happening and calculating a decision that you can go towards, I think has a lot of great value because so many people are always on the run of the mill. It's hard for them to actually take a break and just think, okay, like what is it that would serve me best right now or at least serve other people around me best? And that's, that's a good thought trait. That's a good thought trying to be upon. Yeah. I love that you called out serve others as well. And that's what we mean by net value. And so it's not just self-serving. It's also, okay, like what's going to create the, the, the most value for everyone that's involved in this situation? You know, whether you're in uh, a leadership position or, uh, and by the way, I, I believe that we're all leaders because at any given moment, we have, a, we have the opportunity to influence. And that's all leadership is, is influence. Um, so 
Yeah, I really appreciate you calling that out because that's such a key piece is we're not alone on this planet <laughs> at all. And we need others, you know, to, to um, achieve more and to get things done. So if we're, if we're coming from a mindset of, okay, what's going to create the greatest net value collectively, that's a, that's a in, my way, in my opinion, a, a very effective route to go as far as getting things done and doing it well and creating value along the way for everyone involved. Yeah, that's, that's interesting that you said that everyone involved because there, there are some who try to expand it to everyone and it's like the stoic philosophy, you know, we can't change the world, but we can change who we are. And if we change who we are, we might be able to help the people around us. So a lot of the time, especially for helpers or givers, a natural inclination subconsciously, their bias is to do as much as possible to give value to the world and they try and change everything or everyone. But I'm glad that you said collectively of the people around you because only those are the people that you can truly influence. And that's the, sort of the ripple in the pond analogy, you know, you throw a stone and it casts a ripple. Yeah, absolutely. So I just wanted to ask you now about your thoughts on neurohacking. You know, this is a really interesting topic because the mind is the most powerful thing that, that mankind possesses because we cannot control anything around us. We can't control the weather, can't control other people or anything else. The only thing we can control is this. It's our greatest mm -hmm. asset. It's our greatest tool in the arsenal. And that's why mindset is so big these days. You know, like mindset's a huge thing. But what are your thoughts on neurohacking and how do you see its virtue? in what we do mm -hmm. yeah so <clears throat> i think the i'm trying to be careful with my words here i because i feel like there's a lot of kind of like you said like mindset coaches out there right and can kind of guarantee a, a quick fix and i think that's what a lot of people these days are, are looking for like yeah i just want this pain to go away right now like what can i do and uh as far as like neurohacking goes my understanding is and would obviously would love <clears throat> uh yeah i guess your your opinion on it too um is ultimately it is becoming more conscious and and finding you know just making a little more effort to understand okay like my mind is like you said the greatest asset that i have how can i use it to benefit me and um yeah as far as neurohacking goes i think it's such a powerful tool when it's done with good intention you know when it's done not to manipulate a situation but to like really just improve the quality of of life and um you know i think that goes back to again like the central question of not only for yourself but for people around you and you have so much power as far as your mind goes that's untapped and uh um you know as far as like some of the neurohacking uh options that are out there i think that's a, a quicker way to expand your mindset and to really uh, understand that there's so much more that we're capable of if we just put our mind to it and, and tap into it and explore ways to do that that's unique to us that's a great answer. And, um, you know, what you were saying at the beginning about the mindset coach revolution is that, you know, it's true. There are so many mindset coaches that offer you a program and a quick fix. And then, you know, you've overcome all your fears or whatever. And uh, I, I'm also very uh, conscious about that, too, because for me, I'm, I'm very passionate about the mind. I have a degree in neuroscience, a degree in biotechnology. Like to me, understanding the brain has been a fascination I mean, my childhood, one of my childhood dreams was to be a neurosurgeon, right? I think I put up a post on that earlier this week. So I've always wanted to be a neurosurgeon. Um, it did not happen purely due to my own fault. <laughs> but but that's okay. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, the mindset coaches, the huge revolution about it is that it's a fallacy. It's taking advantage of the fact that right now humanity is in a tough spot. We've just come out of the pandemic and on top of coming out of the pandemic as well, it's changed everything about the world and how it runs. Like, for example, you and I doing this two years ago would not even have been a thing. Right. And, you know, the whole mindset revolution about overcoming fears and things, it glosses over the fact that it is actually a long-term process. And the reason it's a long-term process is because it takes time to get control of the subconscious mind. 
because subconscious mind drives the conscious mind, which in turn drives our decision making. Um, have you heard of, um, I think it's Young of Freud's model of the id, the ego and the super ego? Um, I don't know if I'm familiar with that one, huh? It's a, um, it's a model of psychology where there's three layers to the mind. So the bottom most, the topmost layer is the super ego and it's the representation of ourselves to the world and how we make decisions, conscious decisions. Then there's the ego, which is our thoughts, you know, the person beneath the person we show to the world. And then there is this, the id, the id is the subconscious mind. It generates about 70% of all of our, con you know, 70% of all of our mind space, our mental cognitive space goes towards the id. And it's subconsciously driven, meaning that past trauma, things that happened in the past, things that you think without realizing you're thinking them, they're driving your decisions. So like, say for example, if you're craving a hamburger, somewhere in your subconscious mind, there is a trigger that's causing you to want to do that. You may think it's a conscious thought, but it's coming from a subconscious habit you haven't identified. So that may be, for example, an affliction towards fast food, or maybe a lot of stress in your life, but it's causing you to balance that out by seeking a dopamine inducing activity, like for example, having a hamburger. And that's how by over time understanding your triggers, you can then modify your habits and you can modulate everything to your advantage just by purely keeping track of yourself. That's why journaling is really important because if you journal, it creates clarity and the more clarity you have, the more you can consciously rewire yourself. So I'll share an example. When I wanted to quit smoking a couple of years ago, whenever I craved smoking, I would do 10 push-ups. These days I'm still pretty good at push-ups, but <laughs> what happened was I rewired my desire to smoke with the desire to do push-ups. Mm -hmm. I wasn't addicted to doing push-ups, absolutely not. But it was a way of driving away that conscious need to smoke to now yeah. having the subconscious need to do push-ups. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so fascinating, you know, that we, we think that our conscious thoughts are, are actually conscious. And kind of like you said, I mean, most of those even if they are kind of sprouting up as conscious thoughts, those are generating from the subconscious level of something that, yeah, we haven't like <clears throat> explored or like really under fully understood. So yeah, I think, you know, that, that model you mentioned, you know, is very similar to, you know, some of what we help people with too, with axiogenics. So, you know, with that report that we're able to give them, it, it gives them their thinking biases which are basically their subconscious habitual ways of thinking. And, you know, the research that we've, we've come across is that 90% of our thoughts are at the subconscious level, 90%. So, I mean, when, when you hear neuroscientists say like, yeah, we're only using 10% of our brain, like that's kind of my interpret interpretation of it. And what can happen if we lower that number to 85 to 80? Because a lot of people, have a lot of success and love and, you know, joy in their life, even operating at, you know, subconscious levels. But what if, you know, we, we lower that number just a little bit? What can people achieve? What can people, you know, do that they never thought was possible, et cetera? Um, but yeah, I love that example. I love that you've overcome that uh, habit and that just using, you know, just your mind to do it. I mean, it's, and you did it yourself. It wasn't someone else doing it for you, which, you know, that's always a, a great, uh, love hearing stories like that, for sure. Well, we can only do everything by ourselves. You know, we can't, like, for example, as, a, as we're both coaches, you know, you know this too, is that we can never force someone to change. Mm -hmm. We can never say, you need to do this, 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 this. They've got to internally decide that they want to do it. And our job is to help them overcome the internal conflict and show them the pathway based on the experience we have. But there's no guarantee that anyone will ever achieve change unless they internally decide this is what they truly want. Yeah. And as you mentioned, that's from the subconscious thoughts. That's from being able to really, really understand what goes on. And there are multiple ways to do it. One way is we're tracking the data. And another way is really becoming self-aware of the way you think. And it's a style of thinking called meditative thinking. So for the most part, all of us are always just run of the middle. We're just thinking, but we're thinking about basic things that we need to do, right? It's like, I need to go to the shops. I need to go get food. It's all thoughts based on reaction. But when you start thinking in a proactive sense, where you meditate, 
not meditate, but meditatively think about your situation, your contextual situation right now, what you could be doing in 10 years, five years, as you mentioned, exogenics, that's allowing you to ponder something greater that you could do than just the immediate need or the basic need that you need to fulfill. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as the meditative thinking, is there, um, I guess, like some techniques that you're like familiar with that you help clients with? Uh, I'm fascinated with that, like kind of what that, what that means. It means, well, one way to do it is to really just get a piece of paper, a journal, and really just start to brainstorm. I put out a piece of content um, on Friday about this, about brainstorming, and it is linked to this exact same topic, just coincidentally. Um, but it's all about being able to get your thoughts onto a visual format and being able to ponder things in the future. Like before, um, we were talking a little bit about how there is no distinction in your mind between what's happening right now and if you're thinking about something else, like say, for example, being at the beach, it can't tell the difference. And with meditative thinking, it's the same. It's about pondering your future, pondering yourself right now, how you exist, what steps you need to take along the way. Your mind already understands. It already knows. The knowledge we need for evolution lies within. We all have the knowledge. We all have the innate understanding. It's about bringing it to the fore, where we're swapping our conscious state to become more self-aware of who we are, what we want to do, why we want to do it, being really clear of who we are and where we need to go. That clarity changes everything. So that's one way I would recommend. But as it's a thinking exercise, it's hard to say that there's like a particular rubric to it. It's just the thought patterns that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think with meditating too, you know, just, and I understand there's a difference between meditating and meditative thinking. But yeah, I, I'd say, you know, adding meditating to the picture as far as a neural hack, as well as, mm -hmm. you know, a, a very valuable one, if you can quiet your mind, right, and like kind of get in touch with that, that uh, ego that you were talking about earlier, like, like that innermost version of yourself, and kind of that higher consciousness part of yourself while quieting your mind. It's, it's just crazy what types of uh, answers can, can come to us when we decide to just slow down and, and breathe for five, 10 minutes. And I just, yeah, like kind of turn the brain off. And it's, uh, it seems kind of counterintuitive, counterproductive, but uh, that's been a huge, I think a neural hack that I've relied on, you know, throughout my journey as far as, you know, even prior to coaching and going back to what you were just talking about, as far as really getting in touch with myself, having the self-awareness, um, because yeah, to your point, we can't control things around us. We can only control us and our, our conscious thought. And uh, that's, uh, I really appreciate you just shining some more light on the meditative thinking. That's really, that's, that makes a lot of sense and hopefully valuable for, for people tuning in. And I love how you brought up meditation, man, because um, meditation is so, so interesting, not just because of what it does for us, but because of the neuroscience behind it. So as you can tell, I'm a little bit, I do love my neuroscience. <laughs> the, um, I, I was watching a, a TED talk about um, how meditation works in your mind, your brain, like on a neurological level. And we have two states of awareness that we thought, we, well, three states of awareness we thought we had before. One was conscious thinking, one was sleep, and I can't remember what the other one was, but they discovered that meditation creates a fourth neurological state. Mm -hmm. So when we think, we normally think with our left brain if we're trying to be analytical or our right brain if we're trying to be uh, creative. Mm -hmm. And they're always disjointed. Even when you sleep, your hemispheres are disjointed. But the latest neurological evidence shows that when you meditate, your left and your right hemispheres of your brain coordinate. So rather than acting in different levels of brain frequency, they have the same and they start to enter into a point of harmony. So they did scans, they did uh, CT, MRI scans, and they saw that they both interacted together and that level of interaction never occurs apart from in meditation. How cool is that? That's incredible. I'd love to, yeah, like I'm gonna, after we're done here, definitely look for that TED talk. That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. But um, yeah, yeah. So 
what are your thoughts on the mask of modern society? So in terms of authenticity, what are your thoughts about it? So <clears throat> the mask, do you mind asking the question like a little bit differently? Like, what do you mean? Well, the topic of the talk is neurohacking and authenticity, right? Yeah, yeah. In terms of being authentic to ourselves, mm -hmm. there is a mask of society in terms of how it operates. Because if we're helping people become authentic, it's helping them reach a point of authenticity, mm -hmm. right? Because not everyone is authentic. For example, if you say, for example, you had to move, you had to move somewhere else, in the, you had to move somewhere else in the world, and to fit into their culture, you had to learn and change and modulate your behavior, mm -hmm. right? And this happens all the time. Even like in high schools, people are not authentic. Even in the workplace, when I used to work in corporate, people are not authentic to themselves. So, yeah. what are your thoughts on authenticity and the mask? that we put on in society. Sure. Okay. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, as, as you said, as coaches, I mean, it's something that I find so much reward in, you know, helping people get back in touch because it seems like there is a lot of need and seeking of external validation in mm -hmm. the world. And that, in my opinion, uh, even, I guess, like, even personally speaking, like, that caused a lot of pain for me. Like, for example, I, <clears throat> I, uh, you know, tend to work with leaders. And I went through, a, I guess, a, a journey of, you know, getting turned down for a couple of, of leadership positions in my last role before I, I started my coaching practice. And the feedback that I continued to get was, you need to be more outgoing. You need to be more, you know, kind of higher energy. You need to be more expressive with your words. And that's just not who I am. You know, like I'm on the introverted side of things and they were basically asking me to be an extrovert. And I was, I was listening to that and trying and, you know, just felt myself being very inauthentic and it didn't feel good. And I was exhausted at the end of each day. And I wanted to, earn that position by being me which was you know which resulted in me hiring a coach and working with her for a year and a half um so yeah i think it's it's everywhere in modern history uh, and uh it's i think causing more pain than than people uh are, are tending to realize and uh you know they're they're wondering why they're not happy and they're wondering why things aren't working out the way they want them to. And that's because they haven't really done the work to look within. They're looking outside for those answers and looking outside for uh, those results. And as, as we've been discussing today, like that's, that's not how the world works. That's not how our, our human spirit works. That's not how our mind works. That's not how our hearts work. Um, so it's definitely been, you know, a journey for me getting to the place of, valuing authenticity and and uh you know living each day the best of my abilities of course we all kind of navigate and have to make some little tweaks here and there but um you know what better gift than achieving what you want to achieve in life by being unapologetically you and just having that self-mastery i just i find so much joy and value in that and and obviously encourage my clients to help them you know get get to that point too that's a lot of power to being yourself because you're one yeah. of one you're unique in the entire universe there's not another jordan white perhaps by name but not by character sure so i'm interested to know a little bit more about your journey you mentioned um that there was a bit of internal conflict in terms of when they demanded you to be more outgoing and external in your role and you hired a coach what was your particular journey to unlock that fact of finding peace and resolution or did you end up leaving the company how did that go mm -hmm. yeah so i was a uh, with with a, an organization for almost eight years eight and a half years and i was grateful and still am to this day you know that they they invested in in me and like truly wanted me to uh develop and understand you know myself so during that process i i got my master's in communication and leadership yeah, like I said, it was it was tough because I knew I was capable prior to me getting promoted into a leadership role. 
I knew I was capable of doing it. I mean, I grew up playing sports. I was like typically team captain. And so I knew it like lived in me somewhere. Um, but yeah, I was kind of going through that journey of, of, you know, kind of trying to be someone else. I was noticing, I was looking around the organization of people who seemed to be successful in leadership roles. And a lot of them, you know, were very outgoing and were very, you know, it's kind of high energy and in the mix and like constantly like in the group. And that, again, just didn't feel natural and authentic to me. And so, yeah, like hearing that I needed to be more like that. I made the decision to challenge that a little bit. And that's when I ended up, you know, hiring the coach. And, you know, that's when I got introduced to axiogenics understanded my thinking assets, understanded my thinking biases and used my assets to then go off and create value. And I think my opinion on that is, you know, the human mind, the human spirit is wired for value. I mean, we're doing this to hopefully elevate the quality of life for someone that's listening that needed to hear it. Any, any conscious choice we make, I truly believe is to, to elevate value. And so, I found out my ways of doing that that were authentic to me. And I uh, ended up getting promoted and being really successful, you know, in the role by, um, again, just doing the things that my coach and I discovered and uh, discovered together. And uh, it was Oh, to this day, like I said, I'm so grateful for that organization for investing in me. But at the same time, like I want now that's kind of, I guess, motivated me to now move into my coaching practice and help people achieve some of the things that they never thought they could achieve or told said that they needed to be someone else to achieve it. And uh, it's been, again, working with clients is just so in empowering and uh, seeing them find that unique uh, that one of one brand like that you mentioned, bringing that to the world and finding success is just so, so, so cool. And that's, that's the importance of coaching, you know, like what we do is powerful work. And I, mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy hearing about your story there, Jordan, because like, um, you know, I used to work in corporate too, but my, my challenge was the opposite of yours. So mm -hmm. while, while you were um, encouraged to come out of your shell and be more extroverted, my, my problem was that I was too extroverted. So I was that loud guy in the office, you know, like always talking, always yeah. this chant, this person, this person. Uh, my whole life I've had a, I wouldn't say a problem with extroversion, but like just like hard to control how much I, I put myself out there. And learning how to dial that back was a, a major important component for me. So I got promoted as well once I did that, once I learned to, to understand that it's not just about how much I want to say, it's about what other people want to say and how perhaps I can add value to that. But I don't have mm -hmm. to just talk. And that was something I had to learn too. So very opposite uh, challenges. And I find that very interesting to hear your perspective of how you know, we both found alignment. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's great to hear. Absolutely. So cool to hear that. And yeah, I mean, to, on that point too, I mean, by no means am I saying, you know, that I didn't have to stretch myself. And, you know, kind of swim in uncharted waters and, you know, again, yeah, just kind of tap into things that maybe felt a little more uncomfortable. You know, at that, at that point was, you know, getting up and speaking in front of people and, you know, like expressing my, my opinion in a meeting room or something like that. And that, that all just got easier with time because I was coming from a place of, okay, like my intention is to generate value here. It's not to say something, just to say it. And there's a, there's a big difference between that. And I feel like that's where I heard you kind of saying the same thing. Like, I'm not just saying things to say them. You know, like I'm being a little more thoughtful with what I am saying. And that led to, you know, kind of elevating your effectiveness as a leader or you know kind of putting you in a position to to get promoted and i love hearing that just one little slight tweak like one little piece of awareness can change everything if we put some conscious effort into it so congratulations on that that's a that's awesome
and same to you man a, a wise man once told me you know it's like don't treat other people how you want to be treated treat other people how they want to be treated and that means learning about them in their minds because everyone's different in how you know let's say i want to be treated if i and if you're not aware of that you treat everyone the same way thinking that they'd love to hear all your ideas and everything you have to say but most people don't give a damn it's actually about how you can add value <laughs> with intention it's true like it's true and yeah. that's the thing i learned i learned the hard way yeah it's kind of a, a challenge on the golden rule a little bit there as far as you know i mean yeah i think it, it it carries some merit of course you want to treat other people with respect and that kind of the basics right but mm. yeah making assumptions that you know people want to hear all of our ideas or you know that people don't in my case you know like uh it's fine like they'll get it figured out type thing you know m maybe being more passive from my perspective uh those assumptions can really cause cause some challenges that we don't really realize in the moment and then, yeah, like we, we get a little confused why we're not making progress or why like, there's a communication breakdown or why things aren't going as well as they could be. And, uh, you know, it's oftentimes it's because of assumptions that, you know, we've, we've made about whether either ourselves or people that we're working with or in some type of relationship with. What do you think will be a good way for people to look past making assumptions you know, to train themselves to seeing past the illusion of what our perception gives us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, self-leadership, uh, one, two, three, the, the program I take people through is all about asking questions. Mm -hmm. The whole idea is that questions move minds. And I mean, this kind of getting back in maybe to the, the neural conversation of, the, the human mind responds much differently. Or maybe I'll ask it in a question. Would you agree that the, <laughs> the mind responds much differently to a question than a statement? Absolutely. Right, so that's the whole idea is, you know, we wake up each day asking ourselves questions. What time is it? What do I have to do today? Can I sleep in for 10 more minutes? And like, etc. We ask ourselves questions all day. So if we can just elevate those questions, what's going to create value in this choice today? What would what would make a good day today? What would um, how do I really want to show up in this meeting that I have later? What's what's a way that I can make my partner feel really seen today? If we start asking ourselves just a little bit higher conscious questions that again, have um, that purpose of, of generating value, not only for us, but for, for others that were around. That's my, my number one suggestion is just really check in with yourself on the questions that you're asking yourself. And are you even asking yourself, you know, solid questions throughout the day versus just assuming like this is how it is. And likely if we're assuming this is how it is, we're looking through our own lens, through our own experiences of life. And like you said, we're all one of one. So that there's no way that anyone else is looking at it the exact same way. <laughs> it's the beauty of whole human consciousness. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a major, a major struggle that a lot of my clients have is stress, right? So I work yeah. with high performers, high achievers and stress and decision fatigue and, you know, the inability to get out of your own moment, especially as you mentioned just then, we ask ourselves a lot of basic questions. What is the time? What should I wear? All this kind of thing. So an aspect of my coaching is to help people um, reduce the amount of decisions they make to have more clarity. But let's say, for example, someone is bombarded with just the run of the mill of life. How do they bring back their self-awareness to have the clarity to ask themselves intrinsic questions such as what you've just mentioned there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a huge thing with, with my clients as well, you know, kind of burning the candle at both ends, feel like there's not enough time in the day. And I mean, just the better they get at asking themselves questions. So I, I really feel like there's a whole accountability part to, to your question there, as far as, you know, kind of what, what choice did we make? 
or what choice did we not make that created the reality today? So if you know for a fact that you are completely booked and like over, you know, kind of already nearly running behind on stuff and um, you feel yourself just exhausted and you say yes to something else, <laughs> I mean, right? Like you got to take some accountability for that. And um, I do understand, yeah, like that, that can be a tough part. And that, again, like, I think that's habitual. That's your subconscious answering. That's not your conscious mind answering. So <clears throat> I've, I've seen a lot of different techniques out there. Um, you know, some people like will wear rubber bands and, you know, kind of snap, snap the rubber band consistently throughout the day to make sure like they're kind of checking in with themselves consciously. Or I've, you know, a couple of clients have set alarms every, you know, like hour and asked themselves that central question that we talked about earlier. Like, what choice can I make and action can I take in this moment to create the greatest net value? And sometimes that's not doing something. Like, hey, I'm booked right now. I'm completely, like, it's important for me to do a really good job on what I do have on my plate. Is there someone else that can take that? Or you know, can we, we, can we revisit this a little later? Like, is it something that's a, a high priority right now? And, you know, just pausing and asking those simple questions or just checking in and uh, making sure that, you know, there's value on the other side of you saying yes or no. I, you know, I've seen some people make some, some really big changes and helping them understand, again, the accountability part that a lot of their stresses um, may not be, easy to hear but a lot of their their stress is self you know self-induced it's it starts with us <clears throat> but what about people that say have financial struggles or mm -hmm. what about people that have a lot of responsibility on their plate and saying yes or no isn't really something that they can decide their their needs are paramount to that mm -hmm. how how might be a way for them to consciously because i love what you're saying it's kind of like creating space for yourself right it's mm -hmm. like whenever things are really hectic it's like having a pool of calm water around you giving you the time and space you need to create a good conscious decision but for people in that arena uh what are any mindset tips you know like you mentioned the rubber band like any mindset tips that can make it permanent so that over time this is something that is ongoing for them rather than having mm -hmm. to remind themselves mm -hmm. yeah it's it's I love the question and it's a tough one to answer. I think it's, it's unique to, you know, that person's experience. Um, but yeah, something else that's been helpful for me is just asking, you know, kind of writing up that definition of good, you know, that we talked about earlier and writing the central question. I have it all over my house. Like I have it in the bathroom. I have it on my computer. I have it on my phone. Um, so I'm constantly, you know, being reminded of it and of course like you know taking the time I think I'm, I'm curious on your opinion on this too mm. you know a lot of uh, potential clients say that they don't have the time to to engage in a, in a coaching relationship and in my opinion that's those are those are the clients that get the most out of a coaching relationship and because they have a lot of different examples that can bring to the table as far as what's you know what may be a pain point or a challenge that they're trying to overcome and <clears throat> I think the more you have going on I, it, the more opportunity we have to create some more discovery around it and some more flow in your life and some more um, just consciousness around things because yeah we're, we're creatures of habit right so if we're waking up and not really i think i read something the other day <clears throat> that said we believe 90 percent of the thoughts that we had the day before so i mean like it's going to be kind of challenging to change if we're constantly thinking the same way right like we have to if we want to if we want something to change we're going to have to change how we're thinking about it right and i mean, you've like played pool before, right? Like, uh, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you'll, 
if you if it's your turn and at first glance you don't really feel like you have a shot based on the angle you're looking at it from but then if you kind of walk around the pool table and like look at it from a different angle you realize oh like i didn't even see that at first and uh realize that you do have like a clear shot or like a clear direction and again i think it goes back to the clarity of purpose too because there's a lot of um uh this may be harsh but there, there can be like a lot of aimless action and a lot of aimless choices out there you know people aren't really fully sure of <clears throat> what they're even, you know, trying to do, try, trying to achieve or like what the clear purpose is. And uh, uh, it's like kind of a long winded answer, but it's, uh, it's, it's challenging because, you know, every, again, I'll go back to everyone's, everyone's uh, uh, situation is just so unique. Um, and it, it can just be so helpful to talk to someone about it too, instead of trying to figure it out all in your head. I would say that's a big tip I would have, like talk to someone that you trust and just be vulnerable and be real with them. Like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Like, do you have any opinion or thoughts or can I, can I just talk to you? <laughs> we, we live in a very tough world now, Jordan, you know, like mm -hmm. it, it's getting tougher, not because of the conveniences we have, right? Like we have, we're more connected than ever. Look, look at us. Like I'm in Perth, Australia. You're in Denver, Colorado. That we're and we're yeah. doing this right now, right? <laughs> the issue is not connectivity. The issue is humanity in terms of like how we're able to connect as humans, not just connection via technology. Connection as humans. There are so many stigmas and stereotypes and ways in which we should interact and behave kind of which led to my question about the mask we put on the society because there, there is an expectation that society places upon us. If we live in the Western world, there is a society, there is an expectation upon us. And a lot of the time, the things that we want to talk about and the things we want to discuss, it can be very scary to do so. Mm -hmm. It's why coaching is a very, very intimate relationship because someone is literally giving you details about their life that they wouldn't even share to their partner or their parents. It's like, they need help. They need help. But especially in terms of like, I think our coaching styles are kind of similar based on everything that you've told me. Uh, we both have similar objectives. We help people do what they want to do with their lives, right? Get clear on their purpose. Mm -hmm. And so navigating away from it a little bit is, uh, have you ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy? Yeah, definitely. So our coaching style is great for people that are looking for self-actualization. Mm -hmm. if you self-actualization is where you have all of your basic needs met so you have your survival needs met your intellectual needs met your companionship needs met so you you're quite happy you have you have finances you have stability you're, you're good to go now you're looking for how can i put be more than just the basic average of life how can i be more than just the average job how can i do more for others do more for myself and only people that are at self-actualization level are going to resonate or understand our style of coaching because that's yeah exactly Sachi self mastery <laughs> it's um that that's where you have to be at and then after that's transcendence and transcendence mm -hmm. is where you go out and really do really good things for the world you know good examples might be like Mahatma Gandhi or like Mother Teresa you know people that want to do more for others they just give and give yeah because the ego has died but until you're at this point um, there are other issues there's stress there's time there's money. There's friends, you want your confidence, you want relationships, all this stuff. People have to walk through all these levels and then they're ready for us. Mm -hmm. you know, so that, that's why that, it's not a massive pool of people. Like Maslow's hierarchy shows at the bottom, it's a huge amount of people. We're at the very top. We help the people yeah. that are really looking to achieve more for themselves and the people around them. And it's powerful work, but it's not a diversified pool. And that's why yeah. some clients might be like, oh, uh, time is an issue or you know, like this maybe, or I don't want to do this right now. It's because they're not ready just yet. They've not, they've not reached that point in their life where they will be able to understand what we're saying to full effect. Yeah. Yeah. So well said. Yep. And, and <clears throat> don't take it. I make it a, make a strong effort not to take any of that personally. You know, like a lot of people that I feel like I could really help are, you know, a lot of the times, you know, those people that you're talking about, right? Like, uh, not right now or you know I'm way too busy like I would really want to commit to that 
so now is not the right time. And you know, it's it's just as simple. Okay, like I'm here to support you if if you ever need it. You know, nothing nothing personal at all. And um, I love that you broke that down as far as the hierarchy of needs go. And I think that's a big part of coaching too. Is you know what are people tolerating in their life? Like I have a whole kind of worksheet and activity on on tolerations. And the whole idea is to write down as many things in your life that you're tolerating as possible. So maybe another tip, uh, kind of going back to that a little bit, is write down, maybe start with, with 20 tolerations. It could be something as easy as a light bulb that you haven't fixed in your house yet, or something on the other extreme, you know, a boss is talking to you in a, a way that isn't really valuable for you or isn't pulling the best out of you. So like really, you know, having, taking the courage, right. And having the vulnerability to have that conversation and finding the timing, you know, all of that. Um, but yeah, like the amount of things that we tolerate in our life is, uh, can be very eye opening once we actually, you know, put that down on paper and, and take a look. I want to try that out. That's a yeah. great idea. I've never <laughs> I'll send it that. to you. I'll send it yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'd love to try that out because toleration is a big one, you know, like, yeah, it's true. We, we as humans tolerate a lot because some things you have to tolerate, right? You have to, you just have to, like, if you're getting paid, as you mentioned, your boss, you don't have to tolerate it, but if the outcome is your survival in terms of money, yes, you do have to tolerate it. Right. So at what point do you truncate it? So you mentioned 20 tolerations. Um, how, how do you filter through these to cut off the ones that like to, to what outcome do you delete some or keep some based on like, like how, how would that work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once, once clients go through this act activity, we'll look at the list together and see if there's something that we call pivotal tolerations. So maybe one thing that you're tolerating is kind of like an umbrella and there's like five other things that fit under it that, you know, you may be tolerating because of that one big toleration, right? So if you adjust the big toleration, then that automatically takes care of five, six, seven more that you're tolerating. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it goes back again to, to clarity of purpose. Like, okay, let's find the connection you mentioned for example, like I'm talking to a client, like, hey, like you mentioned, you really want to improve your communication effectiveness in your in your leadership team. Okay, so you tolerated, you know, that uh, Susie, for example, constantly interrupts in your guys's meetings. And that in turn kind of gets you off track of what you guys are actually meeting about. And that in turn causes internal stress for you. And that in turn takes away from your presence, right? Like, so you can kind of see how one toleration can lead to kind of the ripple effect you talked about earlier, the ripple effect of, you know, kind of keeping you where you are as far as not getting things done or not being as effective as possible. So it's, it, you know, it's a lot of just discovery in the, in the conversation and just kind of thinking ahead of, what, of time of kind of what you were talking about earlier too, like kind of looking at yourself in the future. Like, what do you want this to look like? What do you want to achieve? Not do, not what do you want to go away? You know, because back to like the, the unconscious mind, it can't process the negative, right? So, and that's how we talk to ourselves a lot. It's like, oh, I wish this would stop. I wish this didn't happen. I wish I could, you know, like even lose 10 pounds. You know, like the unconscious mind can't even, can't process the negative, which is also fascinating and probably a whole other discussion we could get into. <laughs> that is a fascinating point right there. It's that we can only understand positives. And mm -hmm. it, it, that that's where like, the law of attraction comes from as well, because if you if you want something and you think of it as having it in the present your subconscious mind will do everything to make it happen essentially shift in the universe which is your subconscious mind to help you perform the daily actions you need and that that was a really interesting point i wanted to um, acknowledge that because that was really cool okay. but 
moving back to what you said before about the tolerations, I think that was uh, like a real meat and potatoes moment, you know, like all of it coming together in terms of, so axiogenics to me now, the way I see it, you, I may be wrong, is to get really clear on where you want to go, get really clear on the questions you need to ask yourself to change the moments as you live it, but also recognize what you could do to cut off anything that is stopping you in that way. And, you know, not just obstacles, not just roadblocks, not just strategies and such, but things that you literally allow to creep into your life that hold you back, yeah. that hold you back, that hold you back, that chip away your confidence, chip away your self-esteem. I understand that. Sounds like yeah. an interesting, very interesting field. Yeah. Thanks for calling that out, man. Like, thank you for, yeah, just your summary of that and your interpretation. And that's, that's so spot on. And yeah, like even the first like few sessions, we'll really, we'll dig deep on clarity of purpose because we can't, we can't really do much without that. And once we have the clarity of purpose, like, okay, like what things is back to the accountability responsibility conversation. Like, okay, like what choices are you making or not making? That's, a, that's the two sides to it, right? And uh, that are, are keeping you where you are. We're kind of causing more stress or more pain in you achieving what you want to. And uh, yeah, I mean, kind of like you said, like one, one choice that we make or one action that we take has like kind of the, the ripple effect or the domino effect, whatever you want to call it, uh, result. And it works both ways. You know, like if we make a choice that is like diminishing value or taking away from or not really um you know purposeful as far as generating more value then right like it's gonna have the ripple effect that way or if we make a choice or take an action that is actually designed to create value then the positive domino effect starts happening like things start kind of falling into place in your life and you have uh just so much clarity so much more clarity i love that you use that word on you know, what you're doing and why. And, you know, that's, in my opinion, how life should be lived. I mean, if you can get to a point where things are just kind of moving along just fine, um, of course, there's going to be ups and downs. And, you know, that's part of the human experience that we need to experience to understand, like, what joy we want to, to pursue, too. Um, but, yeah, thank you for, for calling that out. And, and again, like, just kind of saying that back in, in your interpretation because that, that was really cool to, to just hear it through your, through your lens. Thank you. And, um, you know, one of the reasons why I really resonate so well with your, your style of coaching is because mine is the same. I'm certified through ecology, and it's about applied psychology. So it's a kind of, I, th I think they're very, very similar. It's about the feel of using applied psychology to help mm -hmm. clients get to where they want. So similarly, we look at clarity, then we look at fears, obstacles, we look at communications, and then we goal set, right? So we really, really dig deep on where you want to go, what's holding you back, and how can we help you get there, and then strategize with accountability. And it's slightly different, but the clarity is key, man. We both have that yeah. same linchpin, which is that without knowing where you're going, why you want to go, then you will not be able to make that journey at all. Because realistically, from where you are now to where you want to be, it, it will happen if you continuously do it. It will happen if you keep it in your mind, but you have to be able to enjoy the ups and the downs because that's a journey. It's not always just going to be smooth sailing. Right. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, and you'll have to be able to enjoy the process to really last the entire way to get to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. So, my final question for you, Jordan, is so let's say, you know, you've worked with a client and, you know, you've gotten really clear on their clarity. How would you help them, you know, get all the way to the end to maybe, you know, like two years, three years for that journey to be complete? How would you give them the tools to last all the way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool process, honestly. It's uh, I mean, it's a combination, of, of course. Like once we do find out the clarity, then we kind of bring in what tools are required. So maybe I'll bring in that tolerations activity. Maybe I'll bring in something we call a clean sweep. Maybe I'll bring in a uh, you know kind of um, you know 
worksheet on kind of their past experiences and how those might be they're kind of hindering their progress like what are they kind of holding on to still that 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 needs to be resolved i mean unresolved things uh bring it hold us down more than i think we (coughs) even realize um so yeah i mean it, it depends like some clients will end up kind of re re-engaging after you know a little bit of time you know apart as far as like once they go through the the, the program the self-leadership program um some will re-engage i mean i i find way more joy in just the generosity and being there for someone conk you said like these people are coming to these sessions with so much vulnerability and just raw realness and there's there's a connection that's bound to happen when you're talking to people coming from that place right so i see a lot of clients you know as more than just clients and uh, people i deeply care about so i mean i'm i'm always there for them if they if they need anything um but yeah i mean they have full they have lifetime access to the online uh, modules that are part of are, are part of the coaching process and uh, you know part of you know asking that central question to themselves is such a huge awareness piece like once they understand that their thinking biases are really what's causing the challenges in their life and they also understand their thinking assets are what gonna are what gonna help them achieve whatever they want in their life and they understand as a human that they're capable of infinite and limitless value creation, goodness, quality of life, then it really comes down to the simple fact of do you want to live in your biases or do you want to live in your assets? Right. And I mean that's that's really I think where we where the finish line is is them making a conscious choice of living through their assets as much as possible of course right like we're human there's going to be bad days there's going to be you know stuff that like gets under our skin that we didn't even realize and um but yeah i mean that's that's the finish line and of course them turning around and saying like i got that promotion or you know my business doubled in revenue or i completely changed this relationship with my partner or my boss I mean, that's everyone's finish line is a little bit different, and I'm just here to support them along the way for whatever is most important to them. I couldn't agree more. Everyone is different, but if yeah. you give them a toolkit and you personalize it, you tweak it slightly mm-hmm. to adapt to different people's rhythms, they can have massive success in their life. And yeah. you know, that's the best part about coaching is um, taking people through the journey and watching their growth. For me, that's my favorite part. It's having a client, as you mentioned, like achieve success or not even just tangible success, but a change in mindset, the way they talk back to you from session one to like session five, right? Mm -hmm. The way they speak, the way the confidence, their way of thinking, it shifts and that, that momentum. I love it. I love seeing it. Like it's, it's, it's something so it's that Maslow's hierarchy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You feel fulfilled from helping other people feel fulfilled. It's a, It's just the way humans grow. Yeah. And that it's that it's self-generative as well. You know, it's not mm-hmm. us as coaches that did that for them. It's them being, you know, going within and, and creating and generating that fulfillment themselves and how empowering. Right? It's shifting from that external validation, that external, you know, wants and needs to you're actually fulfilling that yourself. And that's pretty special. Couldn't agree with what you said more. Power of self-growth and coaching is a great profession. Yes. Honestly. <laughs> I went from academia to coaching, and I tell you what, I don't regret it at all. Coaching is so much more fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. So, Jordan, thanks so much for joining me today. We had an amazing conversation. And I really enjoyed our chat. You know, we have we have a lot of similarities, commonalities, the way we look at stuff. Um, I thought so, at least. And I had a great time chatting with you. Did you want to share anything to our shared audience about what you're doing or, like, any anything particular? Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you so much for the opportunity. was so happy to, yeah, chat with you and 
completely agree. Yeah, I think some similar ways in that we're we're helping each other and or helping others and just put more value in the world. Um, so it's this was a really cool conversation. I'm grateful for it. Um, but yeah, at this point, I mean, I'm, I'm just helping clients, you know, kind of one on one and starting to move into working with leadership teams uh, and help them understand <clears throat> collectively, you know, how they can create value, what might be getting in the way of, of them doing it. Um, and yeah, have a contact center experience. Um, so yeah, looking to kind of branch out as far as like, that's what's next <clears throat> for me coaching wise is, you know, working with smaller, you know, small leadership groups to help them achieve, you know, some of, some of their goals and uh, help them kind of understand that they can do it on their own. They just need a little support to, to get on the right track. Um, but yeah, more than happy, please. Yeah. People can find me obviously on, on Instagram or LinkedIn. Um, that's where I spend a lot of my time is LinkedIn and uh, definitely on Facebook here and there, but mainly between uh, Instagram and, and LinkedIn. So uh, really appreciate it. Thank you for the time today. No worries. Thanks for joining me. And I've got to find you on LinkedIn too. I also do love my LinkedIn. So um, yeah. I'll be sure to connect with you on there. So Thank you everyone to, uh, who joined in today and thanks again, Jordan, for joining me for this chat. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Mind Access Connection. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. If you would like to view the Instagram Live replay, you can do so from my Instagram handle, Mind Access Life Coaching. If you would like to learn more about my work, feel free to check out my website in the links below, mindaccesslifecoaching.com.au, where you can explore more of my work, grab my free ebook, and also learn more about my media appearances. And that's all for now. Till next time.